This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. William Nylander, Alex Kerfoot, each scoring twice. Nick Robertson in with a three-point night, which leads me, Justin Bourne, to this burning question. Why is it so damn hot in this studio right now? Because the Leafs are hot. Is that fair? No. No, it's not fair at all. Why? I don't know. Well, you know what? Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker are in here talking Blue Jays. A lot of hot air. A lot of, you know, <laughs> speaking of hot teams. Usually we have an almost heat. David Letterman type cold studio. Meat locker. Did you make a few adjustments? Because I do feel the air swirling a little bit better. I beeped and booped on some buttons, but you know how that goes. <laughs> No idea. We'll, we'll see if we sweat through this one or not. We should be okay. So I kind of jumped over the uh, the first few playoff games that the Jays will start on on Friday, and I just said, hey, boys, could, can we beat Houston? You're ready to go, eh? <laughs> you don't want to know their answer. No chance? Well, uh, there's, they, there's they, another word in between no <laughs> and chance. Oh, man. Please tell me that they could they could go on a little – it's baseball. You can get hot. They can get cold. Blair and Barker are as good as it gets. And the one thing they are, too, is realists. They tell you the truth. Uh, it's, it's an uphill climb, Kipper. Uh, the beating the Astros. And we, on the real Kipper and Bourne show, are on an uphill battle all season long. <laughs> We're trying to, we are trying to document a first-round victory by the Toronto Maple Leafs. We are around for the next two hours. We'll be all week, 12 to 2. Once the playoffs get starting, get started, and Jays go on their run, uh, who knows where we'll end up, 3 to 5 at some point. But uh, for the next little while, 12 to 2, we've got some uh, regular cast that we've leaned on all season long last year, and that is Gord Stellick and Brad May. So we got a little Stellectricity coming on. In about 25, 30 minutes. It's going to be great to get uh, Gord's early take on what's going on throughout uh, preseason for the Toronto Maple Leafs, including a look back at last night, uh, a 5-1 win over Montreal. There seems to be some some buzz around Nick Robertson uh, with good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, JB is that uh, he continues to, to perform and look like that... Uh, dominant scorer that he was in junior hockey yeah and i think a lot of what's encouraging is not just the goals but you know how he looks when he's not shooting in the net and that was the the, the line yesterday but you know he, the play he makes on the kneelander goal you know digging the puck out of the feet uh you know sort of coming out of a pile of people with the puck making a pass on his back end of the open player in front he made he made some plays stunningly he only played eleven thirty last night and i still don't know exactly what's with the uh, the usage but thought he looked really good um you know he, here's the thing he's the type of player who's built to take advantage of errors and the preseason is filled with them the montreal defenseman who left nylander in front on that goal like what are you doing man well and that's where i think we should really kind of put things in perspective for three exhibition games sure against two gee what's the word i'm looking for Bad. Bad's the word. Bad yep. defense. Yeah, I think bad's a a good word. But when the other team like, is th- that's, bad, that's not NHL uh, defense. So it's not. But then you would say so you would expect him to light it up, and he has. Yeah, 
So he can only play. It's like when you're golfing, you can only play the course you're playing. He's played great. 100%. Yeah. In saying that, let's not take away the fact that he came in building, built up a little bit more. He talked about it, the extra weight, feeling stronger, mm-hmm. a little bit more mature. That part surfaced. Yeah. You can see that, that, that his demeanor, his presence, a little bit more forthcoming now mm-hmm. than what we've seen in the past. So there is progress. Whether or not you want to say it's ready for prime time or where he slotted, there is progression in his game, and that's a good thing. I, I truly believe that Nick Robertson's going to be an NHLer, yeah. and he's going to have a place somewhere. But, but will it be top nine? Will it be in and out of mm-hmm. a, a six to nine? Does he have a chance to be a, a star? Like if he's on whatever, go through the list, Anaheim or San Jose or, you know, go through a list of teams who are almost playoff bubble teams. All these teams would be clamoring to have a guy like Nick Robertson He's in a tough spot because there is a very good group of four forwards who are immovable from the lineup. So you're playing for only a very few roster spots. I guess my question for you, Kipper, is like, what can he do to make you believe that he's got to be on this team when they break camp that he hasn't already done? You know, what can he do? Is there anything? Because the question, your your point is that there's just not room. Well, he could use a... An injury to Bunting, Matthews, or Marner for a little bit more PP <laughs> off the start. Okay, that's what he could he could look for. You think and he needs help. Without a doubt, he needs help. And we touched a, a little bit on this yesterday. Is see, I think he's on the team regardless. Yeah, um, he's he's definitely earned that that first week mm-hmm. of solidifying a spot, I think, on the second line with Tavares out. Okay. Okay, so that that injury and, and his play have combined, I think, up until this point where I don't think it's any question that he will start on, on the hockey club. Yeah. But after that, where he goes with his minutes, with or without Tavares in those first few games, uh, I, I think is is still questionable and... Montreal will have their full lineup in on opening day, but I don't know if that that blue line's going to look much better oh, than it was last night. And if Matheson's your your talk number one guy back there, um, You're in wow. I know that Justin Barron did not have a good night the other night. So he's there. Yeah. To your point, he's there. But after that, where does it fall in place? And could he hold on to that second spot? Mm-hmm. So there's a couple things. One thing I'll note just is that he is one of the few waiver exempt players. So maybe they send him down just to get cap compliant at first, but I agree with you. He's going to come up and he's going to play hockey games. What's going to be interesting for me. So we're kind of in consensus that he's going to play in the early part of the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. What I'm curious to see is Tavares comes back. He plays on the third line, maybe the second line. What happens when I'm sorry, he... Sorry, who, who's playing on the third line, maybe? Robertson. Okay. 
Okay. Or say, I, I thought maybe it meant Tavares. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 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 Robertson. Okay. What happens when he doesn't score for six games? You know, are the Leafs patient enough with him to say, we're going to let this play out? Because lots of players don't score for six okay. games. Matthews didn't score for six I, games at one point I, last year. I, I don't know if I'm that's I'm going to add a, a different <laughs> dynamic here, okay? okay? Yeah. And it's just not about saying that you're going to wait four or five games for Robertson on that line. You're going to ultimately say, how long do you want to wait how long do you want Tavares to wait or Nylander to wait? If he's not scoring, that means the other two guys yeah, aren't not scoring help. too. And they're saying, can we get the guy and, in the third and, line? And, that, and, and yeah. like Tavares, eventually, when he comes back, the man wants his cookies. Cookie man. Okay? Yeah. The man needs his points. He's at 11 mil large, and he needs his points to justify that 11. Yeah, he can't roll into the 50 points. Do you point think season. right now if Nick Robertson gets off to a slow start, Thank you. Thank he's you. not going back to the coach and going, um, Mr. Keith? Yeah, uh, <laughs> not so much, Nick. Yeah. Get, get Kerfoot back there. Give me, give me something that can get me going. It's so, just it's just not realistic that Nick could be shut out while the while the other two guys continue to uh produce on a second line. So here's the thought I have when I watch Robertson is remember last year they had him up before the trade den deadline which I don't think you can look back at and not admit unequivocally that they were trying a pump and dump on Robertson. They were trying to put him with good players, play him right up to the trade deadline and trade him. That's what, I mean, they put him in a situation where he hadn't earned it yet in the American League. He wasn't on fire. They put him in a good spot on the Leafs to try to say, what can we get for this guy at the deadline? He didn't score enough. No one took. So now I'm looking at him going, it's not that I think they want to trade Robertson or not that they should trade Robertson. None of those things. But at some point when you have too many of the same things that are good, should you move one to shore up another position? I'm wondering if there is a world where he obviously looks like an NHL player where another team says, we'll take him. We need a left winger on the second line. And they say, we want a defenseman or something like that. I wonder if they don't consider him, if he starts good, as a valuable piece to move. Where are you and everyone else listening in Leaf Nation on, like, where is their window to win? Now, now, right? now, now, now. But now. if it's... Two or three years from now, then you hang on, hang on, patience. But if it's now, 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 then absolutely, Nick Robertson should be a chip in play. And if you can pump him up, then pump him up. And I wonder if that stretches into November. Like, let's say he comes out of the gates well, and people are going to say, "Oh, he's scoring. Why would you trade him?" It's like, well, you, you can't trade any of the big four guys. At some point. The only thing you have going for you is he makes very little money. I don't know. Like I just wonder if they think that. Not saying they do. If you're dealing, if you think that you could get in on Jacob Chikrin, mm-hmm. Nick Robertson would have to be in play. And if you're Arizona, you're going, look, he's 22. Look at what his brother's done. Look at the, his path. You know, he's shot it in the net in preseason a ton. We think that this guy's going to score 30 in the league for seven straight seasons. 
trade chicken. By the time we're out of mullet arena, <laughs> we've got a guy right. who can score. Mullet arena, by the way. Arizona, real team in the league. Mullet arena, 5,000 people. Where, where does that come from? Why is it called mullet yeah. arena? I genuinely don't know. Is there a product called mullet Let's get, Google the mullet people. They, I would love it, it if, if just someone some made a donation, guys. Somebody made a donation to the school or the arena or whatever. I can't remember. Dave Mullet? No, it's not. <laughs> da- it's certainly not Dave Mullet, but it's it's some mullet, and that's why the arena is named uh, the way it is. This is spectacular. I really, I'm glad there we don't are, know the actual some, answer. There are some real rumblings about uh, the boys not being very happy down there. Oh, you think? Are, but like, like r- really upsetting. So surprisingly worse than they expected or just being a part of the sideshow? I think even worse. Even worse. Wow. Yeah. It's Uh, embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Maybe we'll make a few phone calls and get the the skinny on that. Listen, I I feel for fans in Arizona. It's not a shot at them because they're some real, real fans, and I feel for the players trying to play in the NHL. They shouldn't. None of them should be going through what they're going through this year. But it's a tough look in the league. Speaking of Robertson, uh, a nifty setup for a very wide open Willie Nylander on his first, uh, was it his uh, second goal? Yeah. Oh, Bill, the backhand. Bill loves hockey matches like that. But <laughs> Just no, we, won't, we won't get into completely where the hell Montreal's defense was on that, that play. But could Nick Robertson be much like... Uh, a Michael Bunting where if, if Nylander's going and Tavares eventually gets going here, how can you not how can you not be sitting on 35, 40 points? Yeah, well that's gotta be the floor for anyone playing the that floor, spot. Yeah. The floor. I mean Kerfoot had fifty one points last year on every other line basically. In, uh, in and out. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that it's an unbelievable opportunity if they do decide to give it to him. But to his credit, he has looked very good. I see. So I feel like people thought I was hard on him when he came out and played in the Columbus series. Wasn't very good. Didn't think he was NHL ready in the past. Said as much last year. Well, he wasn't. You were right. I know. I feel validated by that. But he looks like an NHLer to me now. See, again. Not just an NHLer. I think d- does he look stronger to me? Does he look uh, more confident to me? Does he look like he's ready to go to a next level? Yes, yes, yes. Can I tell from that I witnessed as opposition? No, no, no. And I, I'm sorry. That is friggin' river hockey at its finest last night. That is so let not... let people have their Nick Robertson That is hope. so not anything remotely looking like an intensity, a physicality, uh, you name it. But, like, we are talking moons between what we saw last night and even thinking about going into a first round in the Stanley Cup final. No, Montreal needs okay. to so, actively get defensemen. So I, I, I just want to put it in perspective for everybody. Sure, that's relevant, super relevant context. That's not real NHL hockey last night. That's guys uh, getting ready and, uh, you know, Jack, working Jack on I, their time. Jack Barron, Leskinen, Bowie, Shunem. Did, did, did you catch the, uh, 
the too many men on the ice penalty. Uh, I honestly didn't. With uh, Matthews jumping on about 50 feet. Uh, and you're like, yeah, my, you got to work on that timing of a lot of line change. <laughs> Get into the season that's, swing here. That's all Austin needed to do last night is just pick up the rhythm of a, of a line change. That's That was probably the, the most he got out of last night. No joke, Kipper. We got here this morning. I watched the hockey game last night. I sat on my couch. I watched it. I looked at my phone a little here and there. Apparently, I missed that moment. But I said to Maddie, did Matthews play last night? Like, I forgot. Like, was he in the... He was in the lineup. He was. Okay. And that's not a bad thing. No, he played 17 like, you, you minutes. You don't want Matthews and Marner carrying shots. game th- three of the exhibition series. No. It's just that's not what it's for. You know what it's for? It's for Nick Ritchie to score twice like he did in preseason. Alex Kerfoot to get twi- two. You know, Robertson gets his three points. It was quite the buildup for Nick Ritchie this time last year, too. Oh, boy. As it a was... top six. Oh, yeah. He scored, scored mul- I don't know, every preseason game, I think. By the way, he also went to Arizona and scored 10 times once he went there in like 20 games. But Did uh, we see last night uh, a fourth line of Austin Reese, Holmberg, and... Ube, 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 Kubel. Just have one last name, pal. Come on. Yeah. What's with the hyphens these days? <laughs> Abe. Abe Kubel. Kubel. Yep. Is that is that uh is that your fourth line? Yeah, I hope so. Boy, you know what? It was a little scary last night watching that game and having the epiphany, like, you know, if you're rooting for the Leafs, Zach Aston Reese being on a PTO right now should not feel very good. Because I can't imagine watching that game if I'm whoever I am, San Jose, and watching that guy and not being like, I'd give him a million bucks one by one because he's going to play for less than that in Toronto. Got to believe if another team calls and says, we'll give you one by one, Aston Reese would be like, okay, he can go sign right now. This very second this show is on, he could be signing with Carolina for a million dollars. Yeah, that's the old um, question of, knowing what you think you know and yeah you could maybe make uh, an extra hundred grand but you're gonna go into a brand new environment play with guys you never played before and you don't know where you're gonna start yeah through two days later at least here yeah. you're in a position where you've spent all a training camp you've gotten to know guys it's certainly trending in the direction that you're gonna be on on the top, oh he's, twelve. He's got a contract, right? But, no, he's got a verbal but when you're, contract. When, when you're dealing with an extra hundred grand, it's like uh, that that old, you know, saying is like, for hundred grand, you really want to change your skates or your stick for a hundred. Do you want to know what I'll do for a hundred grand? Yes, but <laughs> I'll eat but, this microphone on live radio. <laughs> but you'll get electrocuted and you'll die. Yeah, it'd be a bad idea. And if you change your stick, you can go from a 40-goal score to a 25-goal score. Are you willing to risk for a hundred grand what you know and what you don't know? Mm-hmm. And I that's, see your point. And, that's, and, and there's the chance and, to earn that much more. If they love you here in Toronto, and, and, they put and, you in the position and, to and succeed. You, exactly. You're getting good feedback from Kyle. You're getting uh, the solid feedback from your coach. Uh, they're liking your chemistry. They think that you've got a shot to be an energetic uh, bottom six guy. And now you got, you got to really weigh out mm-hmm. what what's worth it. To, you, you, listen, if you're getting an extra year, 
bunting this time last year had to make a hard decision. Do you take the sure money of a second year? Of course, now he regrets it, but he didn't know he's going to end up with 60 points. I wonder if they'd give Aston Reese two by one or something like that. Give him a two year deal. at a million I, don't, bucks. I don't think they have to. No. I don't think, you think they, they have could to sign him again next summer. Well, you, you also have to factor in the, the love affair each organization has with their own players. Mm-hmm. Dubas in particular. But they're all out there. Yeah. They all think that they've got the guys in now yeah. to push other guys. And you don't necessarily bail and go look for other guys right away unless you're... Unless they're significantly better. Or Talbot goes down in Ottawa. You need a freaking goalie. You go, you go find one. Yeah. And that's what Ottawa did. They claimed uh, I don't know, a goalie off of uh, Seattle, I think. Yeah. Helberg. Yeah, Magnus, Magnus Helberg. There you go. Played for Ottawa in 2015, but, I think. But it, you don't 13. tend to see teams real panic and go claim other guys or go get other guys from other organizations until you're, you're right, probably... You uh, two weeks into the season, and it's like, oh man, you were right. That guy stinks. We gotta, we gotta demote him, get rid of him, and move on to something else. But that that doesn't happen just prior to the season. Yeah. So I, th- I don't think the Leafs are in danger of Austin Reese getting another offer. Yeah, anytime I, soon. I even said when I started that, like, if you're San Jose and watching this, it's like San Jose's not watching this. San Jose is trying to figure out who their own 11th and 12th and 13th and 14th forwards are. One thing that does stand out to me, Kipper, is like, I wonder if the Leafs regret how badly they've been burned by the waiver wire in previous seasons, right? Like they lost multiple goalies. Is it Pickard? And I don't yeah, know, there was a, a whole bunch of them. There was a, uh, Kyle was pissed, I think, at uh, Arizona for one. Right, last they claimed year. the guy from overseas, and anyway, I, so I wonder if they're like a, a lot of what they're doing seems to be trying to get cap compliant for the start of the year by saying to Zach Aston Reese, "We'll sign you once we get here." Uh, Lilligren, LTIR, uh, you know, like Ker- sorry, uh, Robertson's going to be waiver exempt, so maybe we'll send him down. Like, there's going to be some on paper moves they make around is, that time. Is your buddy Mulgan? On a PTO, or does he actually My have buddy, a buddy? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> does he have a Kenny contract? Mulligan? Does he have a contract? No, he does not. No, right? I'm gonna double check on check that. Check that, Matt, on uh, Cap Friendly. I think they think he's like the next guy up if they need a scoring guy. But, but uh, is he under contract? Uh, Mulgan is not currently yes. under contract. I think he's a PTO. He lit it up in the Swiss League last year, so. Yes, he is. Uh, oh no, we got a contract for Mr. Mulligan here. Give me a sec, or no, or not. Well, we'll do that at break. I'll figure it out. Okay. But yeah, he does have a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar cap hit. There, there has to be a reason why Kyle keeps going back to that well. Well, I think it's he's embarrassed by Mason Marchment turning into you know Tom Wilson light in Florida, <laughs> and they gave him away for nothing. He signed a one year deal uh, July. It's a Marley deal, isn't it? No, th- it, no, seven fifty. I don't, I don't see anything. And miners' salary seven fifty. Yeah, that's a one way. I'm pretty He'll sure. He'll make three quarters of a million for the Marleys. Okay. All right. Wow, RFA. So he's he's in the mix. He is, and they they like him. I think again due to partial embarrassment. But he's very been very good, you know. I and I'm not again. They I'm talking him. the way I would talk in a bar. He's obviously a good player. He's obviously a guy who can 
shoot the puck in the net and make some plays. It's just really tough to see where he fits on this Leafs team. I don't disagree. I mean, they've got Joey Anderson, I think. They've yeah. got they got a lot of guys that kind of look like that. Yeah, well, that's what Robertson, he's like, if Robertson were older and less interesting. It's, I don't know, my two cents on, <laughs> on Malgan. Uh, happy with Matt Murray's performance last night. Again, uh, Montreal sure had a tough time either hitting the net or completing mm-hmm. passes in front of the net. But Yeah, but this is what you'd want to see, right? Get off on the right foot. Feel confident. I'm a big believer in the snowball of a season. Like, you start good, you feel good. And you get that confidence, and I don't know, I just find it much easier when things start good. So even though the teams haven't been lightning uh, level effective against them, I think it's really positive to get off on the start that, that Matt Murray has. Yeah, the one thing that I've gotten out of his starts uh, so far is just he, he's efficient. Yeah. Like there's not, not a ton busy. of energy. There's not a ton of – and he's battled his injuries, but for the most part, I think they've been – concussion related like he's not he's not scrambling a lot mm-hmm. uh, he's committed to his angles he's committed to uh being as big as he can and he's a, a goalie that kind of plays the percentages that's what the Leafs would love to have a blocker you know Freddie Anderson just moved around and blocked the puck you don't have to be Peter Mrazek out there looking like Denny Lemieux losing eight to one to the yeah and <laughs> Anderson's biggest issues were late in the season They'd go through him. Right. He was big and positional on a blocker until he became, you know, through the armpit hole and all those other bad angle ones. So, yes, if he can, he has shown that he can be a blocker and be one in the playoffs as well. You're right. I, I think he's looked positional and sound and all that. We'll, uh, we'll see what Gord thinks after the break. Should we uh, toss to get him at 1230? Uh, I I, I like your see I'm, I'm snoozing here. We got a break coming up and uh, you picked up on it and. That's why Pre-season. you're you. <laughs> Pre-season. That's why you're here. <laughs> here All help. right. As JB said, electricity after the break. Real Kipper and Born. Plenty of more to come. As promised. Great way to start this week. Going to electricity. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's at the dog park, though. Um, Gord, are you coming from your uh, amazing studio uh, at your house um, that's also uh, the laundry room? <laughs> because we, we're, not on, we're not on YouTube yet, mm-hmm. so no one can see, like, the, the hamper. Yeah, yeah, no, the la- I've cleared the laundry up. It kind of looks, I, I, I look like I got an off-track betting set up here or something, you know, like taking <laughs> calls and have a cigar and a martini and what have you. So I am, uh, yeah, I'm all set. And hey, Stellectricity, I'm exhausted, uh, Kippy and Bordy. I mean, like, cars now need electricity, Stellectricity. I mean, I, I thought I'd be winding things down. I've never had a more exhausting summer delivering Stellectricity everywhere. Well, you are plugged in. We know that. <laughs> nice pun. Solid. Solid work. All you have to do is appear to be plugged in, Kippy, right? That's the key. Appear to be plugged in. Large part of the battle. How uh, how much time did you have off this summer? Like, were you short in summer, of course, with the mid-July Stanley Cup presentation, but did you get some time to, to get the juices uh, going again? 
Yeah, you know, and, and probably you guys found the same thing, and people just, and I think fans as well, that you think a couple of years ago we we're talking about playing in a bubble in August, and last year, I'm trying to remember training camp, but if I remember correctly, the Leafs just got the okay before the opening of the season that they could have fans in the building. Like, you know, this is this has been kind of novel, I think, for our listeners out there as well about the sense of normalcy. We've had three fragmented regular seasons, and hopefully we don't have a fourth. It looks very promising. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I got a little bit of downtime, which I hadn't for a while, which I really, really enjoyed. And uh, it, just, it just has that sense of normalcy that all of a sudden you get revved up and you go, you take off, and whether, you know, you're, you're playing on the team, working for the team, broadcasting, or you're a big fan, it's like, you know, you just, you just kind of get going. The games just all of a sudden keep coming at you, and I can't wait for that. Well, that's great, Gardner. We're really excited to hear your voice and get you back going this year, another season, chit-chatting about the Leafs. I, I guess we'll start by, or I'll start by asking your thoughts on what they've done, how they look different from last season. I guess the main changes is, is in nets there, a couple of new goaltenders, Callie Yarncroc, Gaudette, a couple of guys with hyphens in their last names. What are your thoughts on, uh, on the, the team this year? Well, you know, people go, are they a better team than they were last year? And I would say probably not on paper, but that doesn't mean you can't go further. I, I really still, and I said it last year in the playoffs, if they won the first round of the playoffs, they'd win the Stanley Cup. And I still think they have, and again, we're, we got a long way to go to game number 83. We know that, but unfortunately that's going to be continue to be a storyline. So I still think that's the way it could play out like the St. Louis Blues did a few years ago. So, you know, you mentioned all those things, that uh, uh, Borny, about, uh, you know, new guys. Obviously, Callie Yarncroak is a guy they committed term to because there's sort of been these interchangeable players coming in and out on the the third and fourth line so so hopefully he's a guy that can play on you know a bunch of different lines and give you something a little bit different the uh, Mikheyev it, it was a foregone conclusion we understand the cap world and you couldn't keep him the the goaltending you know so far so good I heard you guys talking about it earlier but Again, in exhibition hockey, and you remember what a terrible exhibition season Eddie Balfour had his first year? He was actually getting booed. He was getting booed in exhibition games, and then he went and gave us two phenomenal regular season and playoff years, so it's always always hard to gauge. But I, I, I liked your comment that if you're Matt Murray in particular – like and Samsonov really had an indifferent season as well. That you you want to get you want to get the mojo going and things right early on. So that's 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 the biggest positive I've found because I just find the goaltending remains the biggest question mark. Okay, so on one hand, and I I touched on this a little bit yesterday's show with with JB here. So you were the believer that uh, they were one bounce away from maybe a potential Stanley Cup final. Unlike many others, that says no, the just the roster's not good enough, and you needed major changes, and one of them was the goaltending. So, um, which one is it? Would you would you have been just as uh, maybe optimistic on a bounce if Jack Campbell was back in the nets this year? Well, let's not wait for a bounce in Game 7. Why not eliminate a team in 5? I mean, there are, the rules don't say you have to go to a deciding game. I mean, that's more what I mean. It's not a bounce. It's like it's like winning a playoff series, taking the momentum and energy of that Game 1 win and, and making it happen. So, yeah, so Game 7s, you start talking about a chintzy penalty, uh, uh, and, and an over-eager player making them two men short and no bounces going their way in overtime when they got more shots on goal. Well, let's, you know, at some point, you know, let's not do the bounce thing. Let's try to what they should should have happened against Montreal and Columbus uh, win a series decisively. Kippy, the goaltending, I mean, Jack Campbell didn't cost you the playoff last year. 
you know, Freddie Anderson's in different play, and I loved him in the regular season. You know, they, he got out goaltended time after time again. I mean, Jack Campbell, I thought, gave solid goaltending. Obviously, at the end of it, Vasilevsky showed why he is as great a goaltender or one of the top two or three in the league because he was a difference maker there. But uh, I, I just, you know, I would have been fine with Jack Campbell in goal again. Um, when you're talking about changing goaltending, that would mean an upgrade to me, okay? That would mean John Gibson, Jonathan Quick, or someone that, you know, maybe you could get. It's not Matt Murray and Samsonov, okay? That's that's not what you're talking about. Now, can they be better? I mean, Jack Campbell, there was never more, no, no more unheralded, less-known goaltender that came to Toronto from an LA from LA and really did the job. So, uh, I, um, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like a goaltender to steal a playoff series, right? Since I talked about Ed Belfour or Curtis <laughs> Joseph, like, like be a difference maker in a playoff series, and we have not seen that in Toronto. So let me uh, have you set the table for us on stakes what are the stakes for Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe this year do you believe that this is it that this is win or be gone if they're in the dumps at Christmas is it too soon to pull the trigger how how fine a line are these guys walking as they head towards you know the seventh season after six first round eliminations yeah, and I guess, uh, you know, four are under Kyle's watch, two are under Lou's, if you're looking at the general manager. I, and yeah. again, you know, JB, I don't know how much they're affixed together, like, hypothetically speaking. I'm not out after anyone's job, because we always get talking like this, and people say, geez, you know, Kyle Dubas, what, look at the number of GM and coach, chain, coaching changes last year, okay? It's understood. It's a very tenuous position, particularly of late. Uh, coming out of COVID, you know, owners aren't as forgiving, and, and their expectations are high. So, in a lot of ways, uh, both of them um, surviving last year was kind of fortuitous. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if one or both or two changes were made there. Um, why? Doesn't matter. I'm not the owner. So they didn't. So you move on. And on the flip side, you look at the longest serving general manager in the NHL continuous has been David Poyle. And he's never what he's only he's he made it to the final once. Never won a Stanley Cup. Now, granted, he's not been in a heightened market like Toronto, but it's almost like, you know, he rides the, the waves up and down real well. And in this case, they got a chance. If they won, won one playoff round, their asses are getting kissed. All of a sudden, they're signing like the blue, like Shapiro and Ross Atkins long-term deals, and, and they're here for like the next 10 years. So it can go, it can go either way. I, I want the positive because I cover the Leafs. I'm a Leaf fan. We're the most abused fan base in all of sports about the lack of any playoff success. <laughs> and I'm just hoping hoping we're not d- debating, does this cost Kyle Dubas, Brendan Shanahan, Sheldon Keefe, anybody else their jobs. But, to, to, you know, if, if they get two of the last three years, they've had a dismal, dismal portion of their regular season that was unexpected. And really, it was unthinkable a couple of years ago that Mike Babcock uh, would have been jettisoned that early, but it happened. And to your point, hey, anything, they get one of those again, and we're talking 20 games, uh, you know, like like 5 and 15, ouch. We're talking to Gord Stellick from Leaf Nation pre and post. Uh, terrific work all season long. Um, in terms of, you know, Kyle and... The storyline being pretty crystal clear, get out of the first round, you get another contract, you don't, you're done. Uh, is there a sense here that uh, because Brendan years years ago went out of, uh, out of his way, thought outside the box to get a guy like Kyle who did not have the, ex- the experience or the reputation to, to take on a market like this, he, he went so far out of his, out of his way um, that that's the reason why he's still here 
would he if, if it wasn't Brendan Shanahan would he have been gone by now Gord in your uh, in your Toronto experiences Oh, I say yes just based on the fact that uh, you, the boss likes you, and that's all—that's the only person that matters. And 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 Brendan Shanahan, my understanding was because I remember talking to Brendan about it that you know he asked guys like Dave Branch and that who is a sharp young hockey mind, and he basically cold called. Kyle Dubas and I, I think Kyle was going on his honeymoon if I remember correctly but something like that and from a you know half hour conversation became a six hour conversation and you know on and on he identified him uh, as his guy and Kyle's identified Sheldon Keith as his guy so you know that that's a good place to be and but I I do think to your point Nick and you know you've seen it that um, you get married or associated like that together you know united we stand and yeah there's there's a good chance uh, when it all maybe you all take the fall together and again i don't like talking about negatives in people's jobs but we're just saying yeah they've been very it's been a very loyal front office to each other uh they you know believe in each other and um just like i say if you're kyle dubas and you you win and you have the playoff success then everything becomes a moot point the positive side of things is last year, uh, Austin Matthews wins the Hart Trophy, scores 60 times as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Um, you know, what does a guy do for an encore? Can he do that again? I know some people have mentioned, you know, he had 50 and 50 last year. Could he start the season with that? What are your thoughts and expectations and, and what matters from Austin Matthews this year? Boy, I love JB that he got, you know, the heart. I really, I really love that he got the Ted Lindsay. That one, you know, the players vote really spoke volumes of what they, what they think of Austin Matthews. So, but, but I, he would say the same thing is, you know, just that playoff experience, like, like win a Conn Smythe trophy. Okay. Like that right. would be yeah, yeah. what everybody wants to do. Make a difference in a, in a playoff series during the regular season. You know, it's funny. It's kind of an assumption year that it's going to be rolling uh, to the playoffs and, and it won't, it will never be boring you know it'll be fun and you're just wondering you know can can Mitch Marner be a first team all-star again can Austin get the 60 goals you know whatever 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 goes on so I just love watching him I the, the guy's a force I he is he's arguably the greatest Maple Leaf ever that's no slight to Mitch Marner or, or Wendell or Boria or Daryl or, or you know and again Dave Keon I don't go back that far enough to watch them firsthand but he's a treasure he's a real treasure to watch and I just you know I just love he's one of those guys that is worth the price of admission by himself so it's the the other key is okay you mentioned yarn croak and others can you get more depth and balance on the lines is there another michael bunting that you discover i mean when we talk about kyle dubas and his staff what that may be as good a pickup as you got last year that uh coming out of training camp and early in the regular season and plus he gets one more year uh at a what like 900k a very reasonable amount is there is there someone there you know is there is it does rasmus sandine you know does does he become a uh, a guy like again haven't developed goaltenders, really haven't developed defensemen from within by and large, except for Morgan Riley. And you got to hope some of those guys take. It's so interesting this summer seeing the, the this whole thing play out with the Calgary Flames with uh, Johnny Gaudreau and then ultimately Matthew Kachuk. And, you know, the tendency up until maybe this past year, Gord, was watching the trends of a, of a pending UFA in his last season and the buildup of will he stay or will he go? And we've seen it over the course of history with many of them, uh, most recently for Toronto and New York Islander fans, uh, Tavares, uh, even Stamp Coast with Tampa Bay. But then Matthew Kanchuk comes out of nowhere and, and changes the dynamic completely of UFA's not in their last year, in their last two years. 
And I'm just wondering, was this the complete wake-up call for Leaf fans to say, hey, two years isn't two years. It's really one year. And if he hasn't made up his mind, uh, you gotta you gotta trade him for something, and and not be in a position to ever wa- let a guy like that walk for free. And that happened with Johnny Gaudreau, but it did not happen with Matthew Kachuk. So you tell me if it's legit now, starting next week, that Austin Matthews is on the clock this season. Well, you, you know, it's it's funny, kid, because, you you know, Stamkos and Tavares, two different situations in that, you know, Stamkos, Steve, Eis, Steve Eiserman said, kick the tires, and, you know, and sure enough, he kicked them and came back to Tampa Bay. The Islanders looked back, and boy, it was a distraction all year, and I'm sure they would have handled it differently had they known that, you know, Tavares was going to leave after all that. So uh, Columbus actually started it with Seth Jones deciding, we're not going to endure this, and made that trade to Chicago. And then Calgary, it just got reinforced with, not you know not getting anything for Johnny Goodrow and then having to force the issue on uh, on Matthew Kachuk. So there's no question that next July, Kippy, I'm not going to talk about it all year. And I like that Austin Matthews said, you know, he's not either. But starting July 2nd next year, if he's not signed on July 1st, that's a problem. That's a problem. You can't. I mean, nowadays you you cannot go into that season without that kind of commitment because there's so much you can get for the player. And otherwise, you're going to lose the player for nothing, and you're going to have a distraction all season long. So I'm going to park Austin Matthews right now, but you're right. The reality is uh, that, oh, it's not going to be 2024, and he'll decide June 30th. No, it'll come to July 2nd, 2023, that, okay, if he... If he's not interested, you really have to look at cutting bait. And, that, and, and that's a real different way of thinking compared to a couple of years ago. When you look at this team, you know, I, it's fascinating following that Matthew stuff. And, you know, he's going to have to be focused, as you mentioned. He can't do anything this year. Not going to talk about it a ton this year. He's going to try to give us a re- repeat performance of last season. But even with that, the Leafs end up falling short. You know, what needs to be different for them? Like, I look at the decor, Gord. Do you think the decor is going to stay the same as it looks now when we get to playoffs? Like, does that not seem like the one area where it's a little dicey? Look at it. Is Jake Muzzin going to be healthy? Do they have a right shot? How, how do you feel about what's going to change in this Leafs decor by the time they get to playoffs? Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's funny. They And we know... We know that they invested on the forwards and all the money went to the forwards, and that's been the case for about four years. Uh, There's been, you know, TJ Brody, what a solid pickup there where there's been positive moves that have gone on. But again, and you saw it with playing Tampa Bay last year about having depth on D, you know, what what a difference it makes. And uh, if, if there is one criticism about, you know, Kyle and Leaf management right now would be that they have been going for it and fans want them to go for it, but so they've traded so many assets without ever getting getting playoff success. So you don't have, you know, the same quantity of assets heading into the trade deadline, whether it's the D or whatever, you know, needs to be upgraded. It may be the goaltender. So I, I just looked at, obviously, uh, it, we've t- just talked about it earlier, that it's a no-brainer about uh, job security issues. So I, they're going to be all in when it comes to the trade deadline. I don't know what, 
You know, like I, I looked at Mike Riley a couple of years ago. That was just was a solid pickup by Boston, right? I mean, I you, you don't you're not going to get the star player. Can you can, your pro scouts? This is where they come into play. Like, okay, is there is there one or two pluggers that can make a difference and and be you know NHL NHL savvy players through the playoffs and give you that kind of depth and and that'll be part of the piece of the puzzle heading in. But uh, Jake Muzzin. That that's a worry. That's a worry. We just and Kippy, you know it from playing and, and going through it at the end of your career about all of a sudden when you get hurt and have something, it's just like people listening out there, not playing sports, you know, you just don't bounce back. And uh that that is my one concern health wise on the blue line. Well, it's it even if it's healthy, uh Gord, is it still enough? Um Usually when you look at Stanley Cup champions and we can look at uh, Colorado most recently, there are two studs, two big-time studs. And for Colorado, it was McCarr and and, uh, Devon uh, Taves. Yeah. And I look at the Leafs right now and I go, if Morgan Riley is the one, who is the second? And on, on a salary basis... It it, it it should be Jake Muzzin, but Jake Muzzin has gone through a lot of wear and tear and doesn't seem to be slotted now to be a one-two punch on that back end. And I, I just wonder now, is there enough support for Morgan Riley on that back end? Yeah, you know, Kippy, you, you, it's funny, and to go to uh, JB's point earlier about you know, you know, a couple of years ago, that Columbus series, and thank God it was a scary moment when uh, when Muzzin got hurt and got carried off on the stretcher. And then people say, wow, big reason you lost was the Jake Muzzin injury, which always ticks me off. I get ticked off about injuries being an excuse because every team gets injuries. But I kind of felt like saying, really, is Jake Muzzin that valuable? And I'm not knocking him, but I mean... Like, I, I never saw him as a difference maker in a playoff series. So that maybe you go back a couple of years ago to what JB was talking about, the depth of the D and how it doesn't come close to what Colorado has or what Tampa Bay has. The forwards certainly do. The goaltending has a chance to do that. But you're right. The, the D has continued to be the area they never focused on. Um, you know, they used Jersey in a trade. He went to L.A. It ended up being a good trade. The others just haven't panned out coming up, and that continues to be a problem and boy all of a sudden I know a guy like Dahlstrom on that I mean he's he's a journeyman journeyman it's not like you're thinking he's going to be a frontline player but you start getting those kinds of injuries in in exhibition season that uh, that really you know whatever your potential depth is uh, hammers it home and hurts it a lot more what's up the rest of the day Gord park uh, shopping Kippy and more laundry uh, no, no, I don't. Uh, laundry, come on. About once a month or so. That's about all I need. Uh, <laughs> Going to go to the dog park. Got a doubles tennis game coming up later on. And you know what? Tonight, I should say, you know, tonight, I got to tell you, um, had a few things since COVID. A lot of things got parked as far as celebrations of life go for people. And um, there's one for Christy Blatchford tonight. She she um, had money mm. set aside for a party for her celebration of life. I loved reading Christy Blatchford all my life uh, with all the papers. Uh, I loved her 
there's a personality. She had a passion, passion for sports. Her, her dad was the original arena manager at uh, North Toronto Arena, which Moose now is the uh, learned under him. They've only had two arena managers, Ross Blatchford and now Moose. So I'm really looking forward to that. Rosie DeMano is one of those, and other friends have uh, have organized uh, uh, sort of a celebration of life. So there'll be a lot of stories. And with Christy Blatchford, I, I don't know if, JB, you got to know her. Um, you talk about someone who could hold her own salty language rice, right, Kipper? <laughs> In the scrum. Uh, that was Christy. God, those are some legendary names right there that you're, you're going to get to hang out with. Yeah, but yeah. So anyway, kind of, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you reminded me because uh, yeah, she even though when she covered news, she was always big on sports. Awesome. Hey, yeah, we really Jimmy appreciate Gordon. your time. Uh, we're gonna do it all season long, pal. Looks good. Looks good. Blue says hi. I'm just heading to the dog park, and uh, he'll we'll be listening in the car. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Gord. Appreciate See you, boys. Bud. See ya, Gord Stellick, Leaf Nation pre and post game all season long, right here. Fan. Has, he, has he got one of those Don Cherry dogs named Blue? What's his, what kind of dog scored? Got, nah, do I know? think he just faked it. Just <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even have a dog. He just stands at the dog park. I don't know. The dog's name is Blue, but I don't think it's the same uh, Bull Terrier. I love the idea of Gord Stellick standing it, it, in a dog park without a dog. He just, and just like off, watching the he, dogs he ripped peacefully. Off Don Cherry's dog's name. Well, I mean, it's a pretty common name. I, I know multiple dogs with the name Blue. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. That's not that to me. That's that that became Don's. That's Don's hockey, thing. Yeah, but hockey guy. You know, oh, I did. I did name Don a cat. Him. I did name a cat Jigs after Jigs McDonald, the great Islanders announcer. Oh, that must have been so flattering for him. <laughs> what, a, what a way to honor his life. Jigs is still alive, by the way. Like Jigs is doing great. Not the cat, the person. Jigs is the cat's dead. Let's go to break. <laughs> All right, we'll get some. Well, we'll get a contest going to to rename Gord Stellick's dog, <laughs> for sure. Okay, and we got Brad May coming up as well. So we'll get a few thoughts out of Brad May when it comes to not only the Leafs, but that tough Atlantic Division yeah. and a team that uh, he's pretty close with, at least uh, following them, the Buffalo Sabers. Want to get his thoughts on how much they've improved mm-hmm. going into this season? All right, Brad May after the break. Real Kipper and Born. Former National Leaguer Brad May, Stanley Cup champion, will be joining us uh, real soon here, and we'll dive in a little deeper to the Atlantic. The thought is, JB, that Montreal, Buffalo, Detroit, they're going to steal some points back next season. Yeah. Enough to keep them in the mix. For a playoff spot, I'm not convinced, mm-hmm. but there won't be as easy as they were last season. No, and still they gave the Leafs fits, even with you know it being last season. So you know they got some large guys. You know Cousins is big and strong, and may, may break out. And Tuck is big, and Thompson's big, and Darlene and Power, and they got some big boys, talented players. So. Uh, yeah, we'll see. They got a lot of cap space. We'll see if they decide to fill in around those guys as they go or save that for farther down the road. But there is a reason to be optimistic, I think, in Buffalo. I'm not sure if the feeling's mutual in Montreal from what I watched last night. (laughs) I think they're the highest salary cap team on the cap friendly page and they're coming off a dead last season. How is that? How is that possible? I don't know. Did you not wipe out, uh, Carey Price? And it's 10.5. I'm sure that's still on there and that's part of it, but still, that decor, that decor, they need help 
it's not good for the development of your young players to be just openly bad. You know what I mean? Like you need I someone recognized Mike Matheson and nobody else. No, but it was really fun to say Jack Eye. That guy's uh, last name. Is that what name. it is? It's Jack Eye. Yeah. Let me. That's uh, the guy who Nick Robertson ate up along the wall. I think. Was it on on, uh, on Nylander's goal? Pulled it through his feet. Yeah, the last name is spelled like X H E J A. I don't have it in front of me, but yes, it's very complicated looking, but pronounced Jack Eye. Uh, you know, guy has a great path a very unique path to get here and is uh, making an impact and maybe a player from Montreal, but that decor in general is unfamiliar names on the blue line, but many last night that we do know Josh Anderson, Brendan Gallagher, Mike Hoffman, Dvorak, Duran. Yeah. And then there's uh, their first pick overall, Slavovsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, your early thoughts, uh, I think I, we we spoke of him on the ice, I think, uh, at one point, and I said he looked like Bambi on ice. Sammy called him, like, upgraded Engvall or something, like a <laughs> fancy Engvall, which, I don't know, that's what you're looking for. The I, I didn't notice pick, him in the first. I uh, thought he was really good. And then Kipper. he got stronger uh, in the second and the third yeah. and made a very, very strong play on Montreal's only goal. He's just a giant. He's a giant. He's six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds at eighteen years old. No, I think heavier than that. Yeah, I think he's heavier too. I think he's like two thirty five or something. Yeah, I'm looking online and seeing that number, but he is. He's a monster. You can see where that upside is. Oh yeah, absolutely, you can. And he made some plays last night. You know, for an eighteen year old. So yeah, he hasn't been awesome for them in preseason. Their own GM said as much. I am curious to know what they do with him. You know, if they think it's better for him to lose two out of every three hockey games he plays and get disappointed when he's not creating offense or if it's better to go play in the minors. And, and because he's not uh, uh, CHL bound, yeah, uh, he does not have to be returned to uh, anywhere in particular. He has a chance to go and start his season Laval. in uh, the American Hockey League. And, and also the team probably would like Connor Bedard to like to be one of the five or six teams that has they, a ball. They, they, they should protect him that way. Don't you think if, if this is, I think uh, if he goes and scores a bunch in the minors, it's the best thing. They've for got him. all the time in the world with him. It's not necessarily a great look when you're your first, the first pick overall in the not league. When is Shane Wright gets 50 points for Seattle this year. It's not going to look as good. And, hey, and, he, and he's got, he's got a chip on his shoulder too, by the way. I like that. I liked that he stared down the Canadians when he didn't get picked and went up for Seattle and stared him down. Better situation for the kid too, right? It's like when uh, Tyler Sagan doesn't get picked first overall, he goes to the Boston Bruins. So sorry, get to go in a Stanley Cup now instead of going to a lesser team. So maybe a good thing for right yeah. in the end. And there's but... that buffer to start the season, right? The first uh, nine games is mm-hmm. the 10th that you have to make the decision yep. or before you get to 10 or after you get to 10. Can't play 10. So you can play nine. Can't play 10. Can't play 10. So th- you'll see that with him. Play nine, yeah. One other guy that I thought actually looked fairly strong, Sean Monahan. Yeah. I, I didn't, have, I didn't He's have moving. Much, he, is he their number one centerman healthy? Uh, quite possibly, That's <laughs> right? That's I mean, um, you know, of course, Suzuki's there, right. but I'm as far as true experience, and uh, but this has got to be one of those come to Montreal, 
get your career going again. Mm-hmm. And we'll put you in a good position to move you on a contending team. That's Dude. the way I see this thing playing out. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, Sportsnet had us, I don't know if you got like a list of questions from uh, Rory Boylan, our editor here on the digital side, but like, you know, team, you expect a surprise and disappoint and whatever. Like the Habs to me are not the worst bet for a team to surprise. They were 32nd out of 32 teams last year, which I don't know if you guys know this, not very good. This year, you know, I see Caulfield being there for a full year and being a 30-plus goal guy. Suzuki's going to be better. You know, like, uh, Dvorak, you mentioned a bunch of names of pretty good hockey players, whether it be Doc or Anderson or Gallagher or Dvorak or Dadanov or Hoffman. Like, they got hockey players. I just, if they get some goaltending, could you not see this team being, hold on now, not good, but not dead last, like 23rd in the league? Again, <laughs> I look at that blue line, and I I wonder. Matheson, Savard, Edmondson, Barron, Harris, Weidman is what I, I see think, a daily faceoff right now. I think, I think uh, that would be a hell of a season for Cole Caulfield to end up with thirty goals. I think it would be a very difficult thirty goals for him to get. You don't think he's gonna get thirty? What did Nylander get last year on a pretty decent season? What did he get? Thirty-seven. I'm gonna thirty-eight. This. I'm gonna Google this because they don't want to say it. What, what I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am just saying that you think yeah. you think you think he'll be half a dozen goals behind Willie Nylander. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. Okay. Thirty-four, cool. not thirty-seven or thirty-eight. Thirty-four. I'm like, and that's that's a pretty good number on a deep team. Yep, you're playing in the offensive zone way more right? than the Canadians. But Caulfield scored twenty-three last year. And he was, yeah. you know, damn near blanked before Marty St. Louis. I think he had won before St. Louis took over. So he had a, he's a scorer. He's going to shoot it in the net. Yeah, 30's a lot. But you know, I would take the over, to be honest. It's never smart to take the over on a number like that in case he gets hurt or something. But I, I would take the over in 30 for Caulfield. I actually, I tweeted that Caulfield was going to get 30 in playoffs against the Leafs, I think. And I get it sent to me all the time. From people who are like, oh, you only got 20, idiot. Where's Kirby Doc's upside? I've got him uh, six to nine, seven to nine. Uh, really? In, in the height of his career. I don't I don't see him uh, becoming a, a top scorer. Here's what I know. I know that teams don't sell on 20, real quick, 21-year-olds if they think they're going to be number one centerman. Six foot four, 200 pounds, 21 years old, you know, drafted high, drafted third overall in the first round. Teams don't give up on you if they think you're going to be special. So they, the Chicago didn't think he's going to be special. I tend to think the teams know, like they see these guys all the time. So I think that's fair, Kipper. Like they probably see someone who's not going to be what they thought he was when they drafted him. So sure. But if he is going to be a third line centerman and be big and contribute 20 goals a year, he scored on pace for 12 last year. If he played 82 games, 20 goals at six foot four and centerman take that right. If you're the Habs. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Barney, did you give the Blackhawks too much credit? They just did trade Alex to bring it away too. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe this team has not been making the best decisions. Can 
Can the National Hockey League be okay with two out of six original teams being really bad this year? Yeah. It's you know, okay? I think so. Well, the Arizona's going to do their thing, and they don't seem to care about that. And those, and those markets part. are going to be cool with all of this? All I know is I find the NHL salary cap embarrassing, and I've said two things are embarrassing now about the league, but I think I'm right in both cases. The Arizona thing is, and the salary cap being 82 million, while the NBA's is like 140, or I don't even know what it is. But like, you know, the, the league is not keeping up with the, the big leagues and needs to spend a little bit of money. These guys need, you know, the, the players' salaries have been badly suppressed here. Yeah, I, I think it's to the point where, I don't even know what true value is on the salary cap, but they could almost bump it up and 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 fake it to get it to a number that <laughs> makes know. them look like they're part of a, a big four. The big four sports. Big it's four like, sports. well, now it's the big three and a half. Maybe you know, it's like <laughs> like those salaries are getting closer to like indoor football and lacrosse than it is Major League Baseball. I know. It's like yeah, Nathan McKinnon, one of the game's best players, just signed the. You know, highest paid guy in the leagues, mean twelve and a half, and be a rotation player in the seventh best league team and, in the NBA or and something. Just, uh, speaking of uh, another major signing out of the New York Islanders, yeah, and you know, of course, the Islanders didn't release it because Lou Lamorello likes to do his thing. But Matt Barzal signs an eight-year deal for nine point one two five per season. Value, great deal, great deal. When that salary cap goes up, so eight-year contract uh, that'll take him through whatever it is twenty thirty. They said the NHL is saying the salary cap is going to go up to ninety-two and a half million by twenty twenty-five. See, I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. So, like, where's your comfort zone? Didn't the Leafs fall into that trap? Oh yeah, and and go and spend on on their big four forwards, and then find out that uh, you know the cap doesn't go up quite like you you thought. Well, you, you there wanted- were some <laughs> some circumstances you couldn't foresee there. Take a look out the window right now and look at the world today. Would anything surprise you at all? <laughs> no. No, nothing right? would. Literally nothing. A giant squid could hit that window. And be like, yeah, a squid. Uh, <laughs> what do you call those things that shoot out of the sky and hit the earth? <laughs> Meteors? Meteor, Asteroids? Yeah. Asteroids? Like, come on. Wouldn't be that surprised. Well, fair enough. Brad May wouldn't be that surprised. He's prepared for everything. Mayday. I- where are I you? Are you taking dead. a COVID test? What's going on? Hey, you know what? I'm not kidding. I'm just getting my hair cut. I'm stepping out back into my car. So I don't have it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, not going to sneeze. I don't have a swab up my nose. And um, Let's just no, re- I'm- let's remind uh, listeners, last year we actually um, had you on the show while there was a swab up your nose. <laughs> You know what? It was. It was terrible. I was in Houston, Texas. <laughs> but I had to do my, my 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 thing. I don't know, PCR test or whatever it was. But um so happy that we don't have to do that anymore. And we don't have to wear masks on airplanes. And we can travel. And we can get back to doing what we do. And seeing some beautiful faces like yourself, Nick. Um, big smiles. And um, maybe get to some sporting events. Uh, Brad, I, 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 I look forward to the Leafs. Yeah. I look forward to their season. Uh, Brad and I were um, fortunate enough to take part to Pr- Princess Margaret's uh, uh, road hockey to cure cancer on the cool. weekend. Oh, nice! And uh, Brad's—it's just shy, younger than me. <laughs> uh, but I do believe that you felt it as much as I did the next day. I hope, Brad. 
I, you know what, Nick, I know exactly where you're going with this one. <laughs> um, no, you know what? I actually, I've been, I've been out. I used to run, but now I did. Now I walk, which is really crazy. And when I walk up hills, it actually wins me. And <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah, very humbling. Um, we had a great time though. Played ball hockey. Didn't didn't work too hard, but um, I played with some great people and um, raised a ton of money for. Um, Obviously, for cancer and Princess Margaret. So, two point um, six. Wonderful event. Wow. Yes. Two point six yeah. million. There's nothing like it. Uh, it's great to see everybody come out, support it, play the the game that you grew up with. Uh, one player, I believe, is a goalie, Adam. I think dislocated his kneecap, mm. and um, it's a pretty big parking lot out in Vaughan. Uh, I think you could hear him scream back to uh, oh, <laughs> Lakeshore. I- Hey Nick, I saw him. Um, we hope you're doing well, Adam. Carried. By the way, <laughs> I saw him being carried, you know, from his his game to wherever, probably the infirmary or the medical tent. But there was another moment during this day, like because guys are stupid, right? Like just over the history, men are dumb. Yes. Um, <laughs> especially when they're competing on a Saturday afternoon, raising money for charity. There was actually a brawl in one of the games. Oh, really? You know, but that's. But that's hockey, you know. The guy, somebody must have probably got a slash in the shin or the kneecap or something. But um, guys being guys, that was really stupid. But um, but two point six million dollars, um, we're okay with maybe an injury and a, a, a brawl that breaks out to raise that type of money. I don't know. Yeah, no. When it gets competitive, I've seen that in a charity softball event, a snapped Achilles. People trying to sprint who haven't ran in three years. It's tough. Hey, you gotta you gotta put yourself out there, and it's tough to not try. So, good <laughs> hustle, team. So, Mayday, we're we're watching the players. Uh, much shorter training camps than we were accustomed to in our careers. Um, is it enough for them? Is it enough for you? Are you in game mode? You ready to go this season? Well, I, I no. First of all, they don't need a training camp as long as um, we had. Guys would show up to, you know, it changed when we started. Nick, really early '90s, but or late '80s. But there's no doubt these guys are in great shape. It's not about going to training camp to get in shape. If anything, they got to manage themselves because it's a long year. Um, as for the team stuff, obviously there's a lot of personnel changes in the in the summer. Teams that lost, teams that won, that are trying to do things differently or maybe more of the same. They need a little bit of time for practice. I think with the CBA, um, there's not a lot of practice time during the season. Once they start, Um, there's four days mandatory off during the season um, every month. And um, I think that is is a tough thing for teams and certainly new coaches to implement certain systems. So um, they need to take that time, but let's get going. Let's play some games and who cares if there's mistakes, there's mistakes. There's going to be more entertainment for the fans. Um, get into the season. There's 80-something games. And I was listening to you guys earlier. The Leafs, because obviously we're, we're Toronto-centric here, but um, it doesn't matter what they do. As long as they make the playoffs, it's about what they do in the first round or second. You know, getting through that first round is everything. They could have 70 wins this year and nobody cares. It's the same. It'd be the same conversation, the same questions. Are they going to win? Are they going to, you know, be better? Have they learned their lesson? Do they have the goaltending? Everything's going to come to that moment. Um, let's get the season started. Yeah, and so for the Leafs, and they look around their division, they see a whole bunch of teams that have gotten better. Detroit added a bunch of players, and Ottawa did too. 
Uh, what are the expectations for the Sabres this season? You know, what would be considered a success? Obviously, a ton of young talent and a team on the rise. How far are they in their sort of ascension back to being a playoff team? I think they're, a, they're, I think they're a ways away. Um, I'm sure people in Buffalo won't like me saying that, but here's the thing. At least they have excitement and they have that promise and potential of all their young stars, the guys that they have, because they definitely have a very good team or very good players talented players i think their power play will be in the top 10 in the league which is actually maybe a bold statement they definitely have the talent level to do that the question is can they defend and do they have a goaltender or a tandem that can go through 82 games and be elite i would suggest they don't um but with a team if they're not going to win the stanley cup they have to you know shore up certain areas they've got some good players that they've picked Obviously, they're back end with Owen Power and, and Darlene. Um, they've got Jack is Jack Quinn, excuse me, um, who's a sniper, and all he's done is prove that he can score goals. Um, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. You, it's some nights they're going to get blown out, and um, I think they're going to have a nice year. It's just a matter of what the expectations are. If it's too much, it'll be a miserable year in Buffalo. But if Everybody takes that approach of let's see where these young guys go. They've got a good coach. They believe in the system. Um, it could be a really enjoyable year for a Sabre fan, um, but I think it is about the expectations. Were you surprised uh, at Craig Anderson at age 41? Obviously, they've got uh, a top prospect in, uh, in uh, uh, is it Levi? Devon Levi? Yes. Yes. So, uh, but he's just, what, 20 years of age? So he's, he'll probably get games, Nick. Um, listen, what, what I do think, and, and I, and I always want to reserve myself, like when I say teams, cause there are teams that stink in the national hockey league, right. That, and, and aren't going to make the playoffs and we can talk like that, but I don't want to demean the players. Craig Anderson coming back at his age, he can still play. He's still a good goaltender, but it's just, um, you know, it's a long season and you, in your prime, goaltenders, it's very difficult to be a number one goaltender and play over 40 games. I mean, not many guys can do it and do it successfully. And the guys that can go, come in and spot duty and play 17 to 32 games, you know, in that range and do well and have like a six, 700 win percentage, those guys are, are, are incredibly valuable. But not many guys can play over 40 games and actually post great numbers. It's, it's difficult. So... You know, in terms of posting great numbers uh, this upcoming season, I think a lot of us are excited to see Owen Power, uh, his rookie season. What would be fair expectations for a guy like that who, man, every time they put him in, I I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, I think he's going to be a good player, but he's going to have, you know, obviously not being surrounded with a championship caliber team today. um, There's going to be a lot of moments where, you know, he's going to prove that, hey, he, he belongs and he's going to be that guy. I see him being like, a, a, I think he's going to be like Hedman. I, I really do. I, he's, he's got an offensive upside. He's big and strong. Um, obviously, it's probably the toughest position outside of goaltending to, to become really good at and, and, and reliable. Um, forwards, you know, it's, I guess goal scorers, are, it's a tough job because if they're not scoring, they get criticized. For everyone else that's playing that, that wants to be part of the roster, up front anyways, um, you play hard, you have energy. Um, there's a lot of things that can insulate you. But as a defenseman, as a young guy, especially if you're not paired with a, a real wily veteran, um, 
there's going to be some nights where he's going to get exposed, but that's all part of the learning curve. And I, I do like what they've done. I think it'll be an exciting year to watch the Sabres. But again, it's just the expectations. Hey, you know that city better than anybody. Even if they get off to a rocket start, will anybody notice with uh, the Bills and and what's going on there with their football club? That Josh Allen? Are you kidding me right now? Well, I'll tell you what they're 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 one one throw away from you know being behind, obviously, and and everybody hating on the Bills. Um, now Josh Allen's amazing. The Bills are my team. I love them. Um, excited to watch them, and yes, Western New York is definitely Bill's country, and everybody's going to be doing that. But the problem, I think, with with Buffalo, and I say it's a problem, is if the Sabers do get off to a good year or a good start, um, I think the fan base gets ahead of themselves a little bit. It's a long year in hockey; it's 82 games, and I'll tell you what, it's it's very very difficult if you're not in the top four teams or top eight teams in your conference. By November fifteenth, the odds of making the playoffs go significantly, significantly down. Um, there's only a few teams a year, possibly, but a year that would come back. If you're not in the playoff hunt, November thirtieth, um, chances are you're missing it. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Well, we're going to be leaning on you all season long, pal, on the Real Kipper and Bourne show. So uh, get ready. All right. Hey, I love it. I love it. Let's go. And you know, nothing filtered. I, I just, I, I, I want to be honest as honest as I can be. I could be so wrong on my opinion, but I'm going to give you what I got. That's for sure. What I believe anyways. And you know what? I earned that Nick. Yeah. And um, I think when being in TV and doing this stuff for 10 years, a lot of times I think we've, I, or certainly myself played it safe a little bit, you know, at times. And um, I'm not doing that anymore because at the end of the day, I'm the guy who has to go to bed at night. And oh. believe, believe what you think, but you know what I'm saying? We're, we're totally. Yeah. It's not about it's not about ripping the players and being disrespectful. It has nothing to do with that. But at the end of the day, a fan wants to hear the the, the, the straight goods, and and I'm going to bring it to you. So have me on as much as you li- you guys would like. George Costanza, baby, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> I don't know if that's the message, Kipper. Oh, okay. Sorry. Scratch that. Well, I certainly don't let a lie ruin a good story. <laughs> Scratch that for the podcast. All right. Hey, Mayday. Thank guys. Thanks, Thank pal. You. Thanks so much. Former National Hockey Leaguer, Brad May. That's an ad for long. the show, man. What a guy. Oh, hey. yeah. Well, Absolutely. As honest as he was with us last year for his uh, goal for this year to, to be more honest, let, it, let him know. I love that. Yeah, you know what? Next time. I, I too share that, by the way. I, I'm done with pretending. Yes, exactly. I wanted, I uh, missed it, but we'll get him on next time. But uh, teach Thompson's contract. Oh, yeah. $50 million for a guy that's had one good, solid season. And now that comes off of the uh, the Barzell signing, the New York Islanders announcing that Mar- uh, Matthew Barzell has agreed to an eight-year contract. And uh, the number's uh, 9.15 on an AAV which I still look at Matthew Barzell and I'm, I'm not sure where I put him. Mm-hmm. I know how good he could be and I know the potential, but is he, is he a lock-in eight-year top guy for you to lead the New York Islanders? Are you building around mm-hmm. Matthew Barzell well, lead is interesting. I think he is one of the guys that you would want to pay and keep around for sure. You know, like it, you look at some of the guys who make that kind of money. What's that like? Is that 
Miko Rantanen money? Where is that? I don't even know. You know, like it's not like it's the high, high, high end guy. Well, the high, high end guy is nine over ten. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, he's there. He's there. And, he's and, there. And I am, you know, as an Islanders fan, you know, I am comfortable with that. I I love Matt Barzali's dynamic. His potential is huge to be a game breaker. He can he can take the puck from the D zone to the O zone as well or better than anyone else in the NHL. He's unique, a special guy. Islanders need offense, kind of a no-brainer to keep him around. You know, I will say, too, a little bias. He was great with all the uh, Clark Gillies Foundation events. He shows up at those. He's yeah. a part of the community. Oh. You know, he's one of those guys. He's one great of those guy. guys. He's, he's a part of the community there. I I, I like it. Come okay, on, I didn't guys. get an extra million for being a community guy. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Barzell at 9 point, what was it, 1-4? One 1-5. One five. One five is the 31st highest paid player in the National Hockey League next season. Yeah, and so in four years, he's going to be the 61st highest paid player or something. You know, it's... How many guys between 9.15 and, say, 10 million? There's got to be a long list there. It is. Just give me a sec. This is a lot of math. I wasn't expecting <laughs> that today. Sammy McKee would have had that answer like that. Oh. I just, not to put pressure on you, but it's true. It's true. So Shouts outside of Sammy that, and Mexico, where is the, go to the Islander salary cap, uh, cap on, friendly for on us. It, on it. Where would we where would we be without cap friendly? I know. Also some love for them. They do tremendous yes, work. All do. right. So Matt Barzell is the highest paid player in the, the team after this season at that number. Andrew Lee. Lee makes seven until twenty twenty six. That's a big drop. Brock Nelson makes six until twenty twenty five. And then Josh Bailey's got two more years making five million. JG Pajot's make, making five mil. Kyle Paul Mary makes five mil for three more seasons. Ooh. 21 players make between yes. 9 and $10 million. Yeah, that's a ton. That's way more than I thought it was going to yeah. be. I'm not going to lie. I'm also stunned. I thought there that. was like eight. I think it's like no, 10. There's no, something no, about I 10. I knew it would be a huge number. Well, there's something about 10, right? Like that's a, uh, you give Jack Eichel 10. I was, you know, next time we have May on, I want to ask him if people are watching Jack Eichel's year in Buffalo. I bet they are. 14 players make $10 million or more. I bet we could name them in a boat. And Jonathan Taves is one of them this year. Wow. I, you know what? I may have missed that uh, one. They're on their last year of a of their 10-5, yes. right? Yes. Him yeah. and Patrick Kane. Yeah. Yep. And Anze Kopitar is also in that in that. Uh, Carey number. Price, is he counted in that? Carey Price is in there, as is... John Tavares. Uh, as is Sergei Bobrovsky. Let's not, let's not forget that that goaltending tandem in Florida is like... Thirteen you, or fourteen million dollars a year. Some of those ten million dollar contracts, not great, Bob. So Eric Carlson, you are in. Whew. You are in f- because uh, Spencer Knight just re-upped. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, at four, four, four and change, I think four five. Like think about that salary into the. Ugh. Guys, the, you know, their I, salary cap. I, I got a little secret here about one of my takes. We'll get to. I think Florida's not going to be awesome. I think Florida's coming way back. From- so so Bobrovsky turns into Bobrovsky again? Very possibly. Eric Carlson makes eleven point five million dollars this year. Go Sharks. Go. That's a lot of that's a lot of dashes in that million. No more Brent Burns. I never thought from day one. Never saw two alpha dogs working in Brent Burns and Eric Carlson together on the same team. That one will always baffle me. Mm-hmm. Why There's flavors Doug of, Wilson of Vegas to me went there, there. Being like, we want good players. We don't care if it fits or not. And it's just, they're both quarterbacks. They're both kind of guys that 
one of them needs to take charge out there. Unique personalities. I, too. I never, I never underst- uh, understood why the the need to go to Eric Carlson. You know what is a weird fit to me? Brent Burns and the Carolina Hurricanes. That's going to be wild to watch. <laughs> I am very excited to see. Like you know, I think it's a Rod Brindamore straight lines. You know, doing everything. Brent Burns out there just doing whatever he wants. I love watching with him. no teeth. No teeth. By the way, Kit Kat. In comparison, Kale McCarr's cap hit is $9 million compared to Eric Carlson's 11.5. Yeah. Kale McCarr, by the way, had 29 points in 20 playoff games en route to the Carol McCarr uh, did a huge favor yep. for Colorado. He could have just. He could have. He's, tw- he's like 12 really forced right them. Really forced them. It was a five year deal, right? If you'd rather, would you rather have Kale McCarr or Nathan McKinnon if you could pick one for your team? Sorry, six-year deal, Kip. I want Kale. Was it six? Six years. At 9-5? Yeah, six at nine. Yeah. Yeah, $54 million over over six. Yeah. Bargain City. And not too many of that star status. Uh, I'll go back to – I'll go right back to the Leafs. I mean, five years for Austin Matthews, right, at, at uh, his number was a huge win for him. Oh, like huge win for him. And it really now we're seeing what not getting those that extra sixth year or the seventh. I bet or the eighth. Yeah. Where Connor got locked in. I bet you Matthew's next deal is not long either. I bet you it's you know, handful of years, same thing, so he can get another big one. I bet you five. Yeah. Something like that. I bet you sign you know, he I think he looks at he follows celebrities and other sports in the NBA and guys like, you know, LeBron signs one year contracts. Well, he did up until the four year deal with the Lakers, but like, you know, pick your team every year. A lot of these guys, that mobility, yeah. they value that. I think he, I don't think he's a guy who wants to do what Connor did, which terrible contract for McDavid. Well, yeah, it is. What did he get? He got it nothing. Do you, he so had Matt, more. And then I think he gave back. Yeah. Cause, cause cause he didn't he, want to look like he was greedy. Yes. Which don't ever do that. So wow. Matthews goes to, like, does he go another five years, which takes him to, like, I don't know, 32, and then he signs, and then he gets that eight-year deal that takes him to 40, like an Ovechkin-type sure. deal, and I then just, he's locked in for a billion dollars by the time. You don't want to start your decline before you sign that big deal, and I think they're, I think he's going to get earn his career earnings are going to be astronomical. So is it a three-year deal that gets him closer to... You know, when the cap starts to go up to $90 million, gets closer to that I think that's 20% a great call. threshold? I could see that for so sure. So he goes three and then yeah. signs his big one at, at 30? That, that's, Yikes. It's going to be really interesting. I, I bet you that's what he does. I bet you signs a bigger deal. I don't. And here's yeah, what the Leafs say. Here's what the Leafs say. There's always the okay. thought that you could get hurt. You can get concussed. Yeah. You can you run a risk of leaving 30, 40, 50 million on the table. But once you've made, he's already going to have 50 in his bank or, you know, a, I don't know, after this next deal, maybe 100. Whatever it is, it's not enough. But Gibby, when you don't, never enough, when you only enough. hit in the playoffs, is your risk of a concussion really, and you only play one round, I mean, is the risk of a concussion all that bad? Wait a <laughs> hit. Leaf Nation between the eyes, Maddie, going to break. The Merrick Show producer steps yes. in and. Takes a swing at Leafs Nation. Oh, my. We're going to break for sure after that. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about certain things, including Maddie wants to talk about seedings. He wants it back to playoff seedings. One versus eight. Any chance of seeing that at all? 
don't know, Batman, have you met him? Pretty stubborn guy. Also, ad rink boards. Is that, do we care? About advertising? Matt, Matt's got that on You know this. what we haven't talked about yet? Milk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll milk that yeah. through the break and come back with more on Real Kipper and Born. Matt Marchese in for producer Sammy McKee. Maddie thought the uh, the playoff format wasn't in the Leafs' favor last season. Sucks. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> it really does. That could be the ultimate, like, crybaby, <laughs> wah, 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 wah. I also am biased. For losing in the first round, I've ever heard. Who did they play, Maddie? Were it one versus eight? Who would they have drawn the Leafs? Boston. Ah, the Bruins. That's always gone well. Well, it would have been better than Tampa Bay, let's be real. Oh. I don't know. I, I don't know. They were going to lose either way. I'm just saying. I felt like they had a, they had a better shot against the Boston Bruins. It, it's not just me. Leafs here, Maddie. It, it's Come not on. just me that thinks that this needs God, to change. They had overtime. They were up 3-2, three, 3-2 two, three, two on Tampa. One. Game 7 at home. Cracks. Game 7 at home. We've seen that. We've seen this story before. So where would you feel more comfortable? Just going back to 1 versus 8? Well, if... If the rivalries that have been so that we thought were going to be created with having a bracket format where you play within your division actually came to fruition, then I could see the point of having the brackets and and doing it that way. But in this case, the regular season, like making the playoffs means something, but after that, it doesn't mean anything for seeding. Mm-hmm. Because you can have the Leafs had what, 115 points last year. They finished ahead of basically everybody else. They should have finished third if we're going divisional leaders should get one and two. Yeah. And they didn't. They get to play Tampa Bay, lucky you, the team that makes the finals like every year. And there's no rivalries created. It's not like we're getting Toronto, Ottawa, or Toronto, Montreal every Florida's year. Worth, I agree. Thank totally you. agree. Uh, Thank it you. doesn't, the, the rivalry thing, you're going to get this divisional it's game. BS. Well, it hasn't. It hasn't spawned what we what they hoped it would. I haven't, you know, their Battle of Alberta came about in a different way, kind of. I don't know. It just, it, it's random. I, I like the idea of putting more value in the regular season and going one versus eight myself. Hell, let's go one versus six. And the players want it too, apparently. Like Greg Wyshynski wrote the article. He asked a bunch of players about it. And it sounds like they want to go back to one to eight as well. Because yes. I think they see the value in the regular yeah. season if you have that. Until the league and the owners go... When it comes to those additional costs that you're coming up with, it's coming off your 50%. The additional cost being a slightly longer uh, flight? uh, More escrow? Right. Is that it, though? The additional cost is the extra longer flight? I do believe so. I think that they they, they just think that this is their best chance to keep things. Um, They they don't want want, uh, Detroit versus i don't know in the old days when they were in the west going across to to anaheim for round one they Mm -hmm. that's and i i don't know how it'll how would shape up today what would be the longest what would be but they don't want that and the west is worse than the east like the east is toronto could have played boston last year and it's like what an hour and a half flight compared to three hours to go to florida but it's definitely on the list of gripes that for a leaf fan is for sure way down there and well, I don't know. I don't know, Barney. I'm not <laughs> there, sure about there, that. <laughs> the uh, 
whether you're the players association today or the NHL, this, this era is all about now just creating revenue. It's all about the cash. Do you care about the Jersey ads? Well, that, uh, that's a great segue in yeah. because, uh, I, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't either. I don't like it. And I'm watching last night and, uh, no question that RBC threw uh, a ton of money at the Montreal Canadiens, but you know I'm, I'm also staring at a a gold in the RBC logo. I know that man. That just feels a little awkward. Well, I, on I'm a Montreal Canadian jersey. Right. I'm told by everyone on Twitter that you know who cares? There's ads everywhere. There's ads on the boards. There's ads here. Why do I care? You know what's the difference? Why, why are you okay with it is my question. It, you're, it's the pristine, perfect NHL jersey. Just because they do it in Europe or just because they do it in other sports yeah. doesn't mean I have to like it here. Well, but you can't have your cake and eat it too. So they're picking the cash over the look. And I get it. They're, they're as embarrassed about their salaries the players as are. you are. Yeah. And you're not even, it's not even your money. I know. Whoa, and they whoa, are. Whoa, whoa. Barney what? makes enough money. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I do think, though, and that there is value. If you said these jerseys are untouchable, I, this I, is the Maple Leafs. But Milk. not But not at the expense. Milk. But not at the expense of holding my chance to maximize my I return know. Listen, if I'm on a, player, a short career. If I'm a player, I'm, I'm fine with it. But I, Okay, we, we take a good look at the Premier League. Take a look at those jerseys. I know. That's where we're headed. I know, but you know, we don't have to head there. Well, we if can. You, in, in, if you prioritize nothing, if you say, I don't care at all, well, then take the logo off the center of the shirt and put TikTok there, just like the Prem League. And in 10 years, you may. It's not going to happen overnight. This is the whole argument. And it will get there. But, but guys, there's one thing. We talk about the players and what it means for them. What does it mean per player in terms of salary over the course of these deals? Like, I know that the revenue of the league goes up, but what does that mean per player? Like, does Austin Matthews make an extra million dollars or million and a half because of the no. sponsorships on these jerseys? Like, that's where when I kind of When the salary go cap the goes up, squeezed, yes. get help. Yeah, the, the guys on the bottom are still going to get what they get. That Like, for, for okay, maybe Austin Matthews mm-hmm. is a bad example. Yeah. So for Pierre Engvall, does he make an extra million dollars no, for that? It, 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 it all depends. Make 50 grand? No, it, 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 it really depends on how much, again, Matthews wants to take off the top. If he turns around and says, I'm maxing out, then Engvall's really shit out of luck. I, I do have to say, though, if they are going to have a jersey sponsor, I'm making fun about the milk thing. Really enjoy it. I do get a kick out of the fact that they're sponsored by milk. Not just like a general thing. Like, it's like just putting shoes on a stick. Just a general product. <laughs> like, not a specific brand of milk or anything. Just meat. Just a, ra- <laughs> just a random. Just Should we buy a brand of milk? Like, no, just I, any kind. What do you like? Oats, almonds. Would you dairy? prefer no. dairy farmers of Ontario well, on the front of their jersey? No, like, is that like, better? No, it's just funny to me to advertise a right? general commodity: corn. You know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think the Ottawa Senators should go out and get oat milk. <laughs> and it would, that would make sense. Right? It would be a slightly worse version of the Cause, Leafs. Because right now, I, I think oat milk's kicking the crap out of dairy milk. What? Everybody's going oat milk. 
No, it's going to oat milk. Oh, big, you're come in big oat milk's pocket. Montreal big last night milk. looked. Montreal last night looked lactose intolerant, <laughs> didn't they? What, what about what about on the pa- what about on the pants instead? I know that they want to see it on the jersey, but is that maybe an area after three years where we go? Ah, these jerseys look really stupid with these things on the top right corner of them. Maybe pants. just maybe we should put just on the milk pants. right on the jock. You just get right it. In the logo. First I'm, of all, I'm trying here, Kipper. I'm you're, really you're trying. You're on the bench. No one's. There's no cameras on your pants. Yeah. You know hey, on your pants? We, can, we can make that happen, Kipper. What do you the think pan, they sell? The you pants cam. You know what's on your pants? Like snot. That's what's <laughs> on your pants. And spilled Gatorade. You're wiping and everything milk. on those things. No one wants to see well, RBC and milk. What are the Leafs getting for the milk? The word milk on their shirt. Two, two mil? Three mil a year? Oh, keep going. Oh, yeah, okay. Keep Five, going. Yeah. Okay. So substantial money. Four, should have at least got million. muscle milk, right? What they was look Scotia a bit tougher. 20 large. To, for the arena? For the arena. Per year. Wow. I think if, T- if I'm not mistaken, it was 800 million. Yeah, tough to deny the sources of revenue and, you know. So if you say that Scotiabank paid uh, 20 million a year, and maybe you're lucky if... Chris Cuthbert says three times, hey, we're back at the Scotiabank Arena. By the way, if you're big milk, you're loving this conversation. Right? Can, right? Yeah, we've can we? milk a hundred so, times. So, like, I, I don't know where the, the true value is for Scotiabank being named the arena, but mm. it kind of can get lost over uh, a period of two and a half hours. Sure. So Yet, can't the camera milk. constantly on tight shots of the players at the face-off circle or lining up for a face-off or on the bench is constant. I would say that the difference between uh, an ad jersey and a naming rights isn't as far off as you would think. They say, so somebody reported, they don't have the exact number, but multi-year deal, eight figures total. Yeah. So, but the other thing is, my question is, where did big range? Where did the dairy farmers of Ontario get all this money from? That's what I want to know. They got bank apparently. Apparently, they got Kipper in their pocket already. We know that. I wonder if they could kick in a million bucks and someone on the bench has to drink know. milk every game. <laughs> Didn't someone sell a, a cow um, in Jack and the Beanstalks for a ton? Like, there's there's a lot of money in cows. <laughs> I don't know. Milk. No milk. Kid me. It's, still, it's better uh, than Dairy Farmers of Ontario on the front of the jersey. It is for sure. It is, for But sure. not much better. Are you a milk guy or are you an oat milk guy? You know, guy? this is actually a conversation I just had with Carolyn Cameron that, you know, like my, my, my house, so I am a general milk guy, but like, do your kids have milk at dinner anymore? Is this still a thing that kids just drink? No, because you're not supposed to. Because we're told that you're not supposed yes. to. Yes. We got support. We got support in the control we're room. We're not supposed to drink milk, apparently. It's not, not good. It's not good for us. Do you feed your kid organic milk or just regular milk? Uh, listen, straight up, whatever. <laughs> it's not organic. You're not going the extra three bucks for organic. Uh, you know we we did when they were young, and now I'm like, I don't know. Their bodies are going to get riddled with everything else too. So just go you're, ahead. You're screwed anyway. Here, yeah. just have this. This is at the convenience store. Here's what you're drinking. So just to kind of bring this back into a, a salary cap, right? And if. Let's just say for argument's sake that the, the cap goes up in two years, five million bucks. Okay. That's great. Does it, the, out of the five million that it goes up, how much, 
would a top star like Matthews want off of the five million mm. advanced? He could take it all. Well, this is why he Ma- could take it all. Maddie's point about Matthews taking a three-year deal makes perfect sense because if the rumor is that the cap's going up to ninety-two-five, you can make in five years or four years, you can make twenty percent of your team's salary cap. Right now, the cap's eighty-two-five. If he signs for twenty percent for eight years, he's screwing himself out of money. Ends he's- up at fifteen probably by the end of it. Yeah, he's going to want to get to the the big bump, to the big jump up, which makes sense that Matthews would want a shorter-term deal because to your point, Kipper, those guys, they get the money. It's They get the money. The, yeah, it's, it's not the bottom feeders Pierre that Engel's are going to go. Pure Engel's not getting, no. Pure Engel's get getting anyway. the, the 50K and the milk money, and then Matthews is getting the big money. How, mu- how much coupon, a milk coupon. <laughs> milk coupon. <laughs> how, much, how much of Matthews playing here is also about the money that he can make in this city rather than basically anywhere but let's say, L.A. and New York. And even that, because of the importance of those teams in those markets, how much more can he make here? I don't know, man. He's got to win I a see, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't buy it. You know, I buy the theory behind buy, it. There's but like, a ton of money out who, there. Who's making a lot of money in advertisements here? When Zach Hyman is here, he did every small yeah. nickel and dime show. <laughs> and he, he still Matthews, does, apparently. Matthews. Or I'm sorry, even Marner. Mar- 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 I see with uh, ear earphones, and I see Marner's Mar- doing a lot. Land Rover, on, I think. Uh, Red Bull. So Marner's cashing in, but okay, but I don't even know. Like, what, what is cashing in, in? It's not radio. He's salary. Extra seventy-five, a hundred grand. I don't Marner's see. Be making an extra I don't million see. Okay, when you put them all together, yeah. maybe an extra mil, million and a half, uh, maybe. I don't know. But like. You know, you also got to sit there and go, hey, they're, they're not just giving you this for nothing. You're going to have to work for it, sure, you know, whether it's ads, commercials, events. events, sponsor, you know, how much, how much, how much do you want to put into it to earn that extra? Yeah. But I don't think it's a make or break on whether Matthews is going to stick around or not because he thinks he can get an extra mil and a half in endorsements. And last time I checked... You know, outside of maybe uh, one of the uh, the gambling apps, giving uh, Matthews a a commercial on it, and I, who knows what that that deal does for him? Mm-hmm. I don't see him doing a lot. That guy likes to leave Toronto, yeah. and kind of hide a little bit. It's interesting because he I've said this before about him that he seems to want to be a celebrity, right? He likes the dress and cover a GQ and likes to do all that sort of stuff, but he doesn't like to really put himself out out there from a personality standpoint or whatever. I'm curious to see what becomes of Matthews and where he wants to take this in his career. Like how important is it that he's in Toronto, New York, LA? But he can hang out with the Beeb yeah. outside of being a leaf. So true. You play for Or does the Beeb dump him because he's playing for Carolina and yeah. he's like, you know what, buddy? Beeb's a Leaf fan. He is. Does that is that it's not one gonna and sell, one? It's not gonna sell either relationship. He can have a glass of milk while they have their Tim Beebs. All right, like we did on every show last year, we solved nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. And we'll continue to not solve things. And we'll we'll be back (laughs) again tomorrow, 12 to 2 Eastern here on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. And start downloading us on all your major platforms again. Let's go. Let's go. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Real Kipper and Bourne back again tomorrow.